This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The following podcast is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, you said 4147 Moselle Road in Allison? Sir? You said 4147 Moselle Road in Allison? Yes, sir. 
Okay, what is her name? Mag Maggie and Paul. Uh, Maggie is her name? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And please hurry. Uh, we're getting somebody out there to you. Me asking you these questions, don't slow them down, okay? And you sure they're not breathing? Is he moving at all, your son? I know you said that she was shot, but what about your son? <laughs> Nobody's. They're not. Neither one of them's moving. <laughs> what is your telephone number? And does anything look out of place? Ma'am, I, I... Not, not particularly, really, no, ma'am. Okay. All right, I'm going back down there. Are they close, ma'am? Yeah, they're, they've been around with you ever since uh, you have got on the phone with me. I have multiple people coming out there to you. Okay, can you do me a favor, Mr. Murdoch, and turn on the flashers on your car so that way they can see where the kennels are? Do you have your flashers on for me, Mr. Murdoch? Yes. Okay. I don't want you to touch them at all, okay? I don't I don't know if you've already touched them, but I don't, I don't want you to touch them just in case they can get any kind of evidence, okay? Uh, I, I already touched them trying to get a, um, to see if they were breathing. Okay. Well, I, I just don't want you to move anything just in case they can get any oh, kind of right evidence, there. okay? Oh. Ma'am, I'm going to call. I, I need to call some of my family. Okay. Well, well do me a favor for me. Whenever you see the officer or the medics, because they're, they're all coming to you. Absolutely. Okay. But we have them come in. Turn on the flashes on your vehicle so they can see you, okay? You got the flashes on for me? I do. Okay. All right. Just whenever you see them. Okay. How old is your son? Twenty-two. Okay. All right. We're we're getting them out there to you. Okay. And I will answer if you call. All right. Hey guys, we're doing True Crime on Easy Street. Once again, we are on part four of the Murdoch murders. This is our final episode of this four-part series about the Murdoch murders. Uh, my name is Scott Wright, and I am a mediocre journalist. I'm Kelly Turner. I am not a doctor. I'm Katie Givens. I'm not a lawyer. And the first thing that you heard before we uh, got started tonight was part of the 911 call that Alec Murdoch made on June the 7th, 2021. That is correct. When he came home to the family estate called Moselle mm-hmm. uh, near Charleston, South Carolina, a few miles away, and found his wife, Maggie, 52 years old, and his son, Paul, 22 years old, shot dead a few hundred yards away from their home at their dog kennel. That's why when you heard that recording, you heard some dogs barking in the background. We're going to explain all of this to you tonight. Kelly is in the big chair. I'm going to sit back and listen <laughs> and try not to interject inappropriately as you proceed. So do that. Well, before we get 
into this story, I want to do just a little bit of housekeeping because this has been Murdoch May. We we have done, as you said, this is part four. We have done a Murdoch case every time we dropped an episode in the month of May, including this one. That is correct. And we could probably continue this for months. We really could. Um, Last week, we discussed the death of Mallory Beach and the events after her death, particularly the actions of Alec Murdoch and his son, Paul. In the week before that, we discussed the deaths of Gloria Satterfield and Stephen Smith. As I said before, for the entire month of May, we've been discussing the Murdoch murders. If you have not listened to season two, episodes 18, 19, and 20, you need to pause and Stop go back. Stop what you're doing. <laughs> Stop and right go now. Back and get, because we did this as a timeline. A lot mm-hmm. of, uh, we, we talked about this last week, a lot of, the Murdoch murder podcasts that are out there began with the Mallory beach incident Mm -hmm. on the boat in February of 2019. Correct. But we chose a different tact. We went with the timeline Mm -hmm. where we tell you about all of the things that the Murdoch family has been involved in since the beginning of when the, the shit hit the fan Yes, with the Murdochs. And so this is the, last part of that that is um the and there i went that leads me into my next segment last week i was listening back to episode 20 and drove myself crazy with the multiple times i said um or ah uh um, it's hard not whatever to. it's really hard not to no it's, matter how much time you spend in front of a microphone it's still hard not to do that when otherwise it would be a, an awkward moment of silence but yes. silence is better than um yes it, is. it drove me crazy last week crazier than maybe i already well when you texted was. that to me and mentioned that then it drove me crazy because i went back and listened to it again and uh i did it several <laughs> times myself so here's a good drinking game if you want to go back to last week's episode, episode 20, and you want to take a drink every time we say, um, make uh, sure you're home. <laughs> you will have a good, a good time. You will never make it from the That's Walmart parking lot to your house. If you live next door. <laughs> so I am trying to be more aware and I'm trying to get that right. That's why I listen back to Same our episodes, here, not because I'm arrogant and want to listen to my own podcast. Try I, to make it better. I listen to many other podcasts, but I am. I'm trying to correct things that I need to correct, and that's one of them. And you so, might have gone off the deep end a little bit about that because we've been doing it since the very beginning. It's something that's unavoidable. I know when you're when there is a moment of silence, you want to wait. You want to feel the silence. You want to feel the silence. But actually, the more you, if you listen to something that's professionally done, not this, but if you listen to something <laughs> that is professionally done, you will notice the silences in between a, a, a change in tact, a change in thought. Yes. As opposed to that just that stuttering, word. stammering, mm-hmm. filling, and um, er, uh. Mm-hmm. It, it, it takes some getting used to. I know. We're going to all do that as a group. We're going to listen to that episode last week. And, and just make a check mark every time. No, we're going to drink every time. Oh, I love it. We're going to have a good time. <laughs> Whose house are we going to be at? Because we're going to spend the night. Yeah, I'll we're bring not my gonna sleeping be, bag. We're not going to be driving for sure. That is it. A few shout outs this week. 
Shout out to all the graduates. Yes, Class of 2022 here in Cherokee County. Congratulations to all of you. Congratulations to all of you. Congratulations to all of you uh, college grads out there. Absolutely. How many? That's coming. That's, you know. We still know there are still people in our uh, orbit who Mm -hmm. are college grads. I just said, uh, again. Mm -hmm. But we have plenty of friends who are the parents of children who are that age. Mm Mm-hmm. And so congratulations to yeah, them you, as well. Now get a job. Yeah, <laughs> go get a job so your parents can buy their pontoon boat and, and, and join the rest of us on Wise Lake this summer. Yep. On behalf of all of your parents to you college grads, get a job. Yep. We love you, but get a job. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Okay, uh, Scott, you had... I met a, a, a lady this past weekend at easy street we're on the easy street campus right here in center alabama if we haven't mentioned that lately and we are uh, associated with the restaurant thus the name true crime on easy street and i met a lady from dalton georgia last week who is a big true crime fan but was not familiar with our podcast and so luckily i just had 500 business cards printed with our information on them i handed her one she promised me that she would listen to the show. Her name is Sissy Gleaton, G-L-E-A-T-O-N. I wrote it down twice and pronounced it to her face to make sure that I got it right. So it's Sissy Gleaton. She's from Dalton, and she is a big true crime fan, and she promises that she will listen going forward. Well, thank you, and welcome. And I told her New she listener. didn't give us a five-star review to rip that card in half and put it wherever she wanted to. <laughs> <clears throat> We had gotten oh, to know each dude. other pretty well at that point. We yeah, had a couple I, I of friends together, she and I. So, yeah. So, Sissy, hello. I told you we and would shout you out for, your name. Yeah, and thank you for listening. Certainly. Anybody else have any shout outs that we want to we wanna talk about? I, I know like, one of our listeners who talked with us about this Murdoch case recently had a bachelor party getting ready for his wedding. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Are you speaking of Cade Gossett? Yes. Go on. I don't know this story, but I'm. I don't. To hear. I don't have any stories from no. the bachelor <laughs> party. I just know he recently had one, and he is the reason. One of the reasons KT originally put us onto this story. Correct. But Cade talked with us. Was one of the many folks who suggested this case, and he is going to be married soon. I thought you were going to say that Buster Murdoch was at the party. <laughs> We might want to cut that. Oh, goodness. No, no, no. They had a nice weekend, I'm told. I don't know any of the details, and I wouldn't tell you if I did. No. <laughs> nobody will ever know those details if they do it correctly. Congratulations. I've been to a of those. Yeah, don't do that. Congratulations, Kate, and thank you for being a listener of our show and helping us with some case options, and we look for more of those suggestions in the future. So thank you very much. Here we go, guys. The 911 call you heard today was the Alec Murdoch call that he made just after finding his wife, Maggie, and youngest son, Paul, shot to death near the kennels of their hunting home they call Moselle in Hampton, South Carolina. This was at 10.07 p.m. on June the 7th, 2021. They believe the time of death of Maggie and Paul is from 9 to 9.30 p.m. And then Alec found them around 10.07-ish and called 911. The way that Moselle is laid out, and if you listen to the 911 call, you know that address, right? We heard it. Oh, yeah, 4147. Moselle Road. Yes. (laughs) So when you drive into Moselle to the hunting lodge, it is a big 
piece of property, and I believe it is 1,700 acres. That sounds right. And you drive straight into the gates. There are gates there. A nice brick gate with an iron. Mm-hmm. You probably have to have a button or a garage door opener. No, there's no gate. It's just um, it just, it's just two brick columns. Oh, it's no just two brick gate. columns. Okay, so there's mm-hmm. no gate in between. Because I remember that okay. the, in the previous episode with that 911 call about Gloria Satterfield, they asked if there was a gate, at, and she said okay. no gate. All right. Mm, nice catch, Katie. Yeah, got that. <laughs> I don't want to sound like an idiot. No, we're going to give her her props. All right. So fine. you drive into the 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 hunting lodge to Moselle, and if you continue to go straight, you drive up to the house. But as you're driving, there's going to be a road to your right that you can turn. And when you take that right and go down that road, you wind up at the kennels. Several hundred yards, I would mm-hmm. say. It is approximately, was it two or three football fields away from the house? Yeah. Oh, diagonally. Like diagonally. As the crow flies. Mm-hmm. Yes. From the house. And this is where Maggie and Paul are found in front of the kennel. So they're not found at home. In fact, they're found pretty far away. As I understand it from listening to other podcasts and in my research, this particular piece of property was Maggie's favorite place to be. She loved being there. She loved the dogs. And it was not uncommon for her to be at this home. She really enjoyed being there but it was one of their their many homes and this is where they were found near the kennels investigators say that paul murdoch was killed by two shotgun wounds to the head and chest and maggie murdoch was shot and killed by a semi-automatic rifle investigators are not reporting who was shot first but they believe the two were shot on or around the same time at least one of the weapons used belonged to the Murdoch family. According to Fitz News, law enforcement officials have actively sought to plug leaks of information and are keeping very tight lips on this case. In fact, SLED released a document or a report that was heavily redacted. And I have that as a link we can put mm-hmm. in the show notes. But when you pull this up, it's a 19-page document. And it's all just black boxes, right? The majority is. You can read some things, but it's pretty redundant in places. It's very interesting, some of the things they have chosen to black out. And then there was one report. You don't even know who wrote the report. It's just a white piece of paper with black squares. (laughs) It's very strange. I don't know how common this is. Yeah. And I don't know if that is to even raise an eyebrow. But there was something in those documents that they did not want out to the public. So despite the uh, request for information, the public information request, freedom of information request, they'll they'll give it to you, sure, but... It'll be, it's highly redacted. Right. Mm-hmm. Lots of black boxes. I have come to learn that's what that means. Highly yes. redacted <laughs> means lots of black means you boxes. you can't read it. Correct. Yeah. You can read and... The, of, those kinds of words. <laughs> but those don't tell you anything. No. But it is an active investigation, so it's very understandable that they're not going to release all of the information to the public because they want to keep some things close that only they know 
as they're trying to solve this. Mm -hmm. It's just led to more wild rumors and speculation because of all of the things that surrounds this family that we've talked about this entire month. Correct. Agreed. There are a few bits of information that is known so far and has been reported by several news sources. Officials impounded a 2021 Chevy Suburban registered to the Murdoch Law Firm from the scene. They did find shell casings at the scene. SLED agents requested that sheriff deputies search the area near the crime scene for video surveillance systems on the morning after the murders. They're even wanting to look at properties nearby. Does someone have cameras up? Just to see anything. Cars coming and going or Mm -hmm. noises in the distance or Mm -hmm. any sort of disturbance Mm -hmm. in an otherwise very secluded area. Where yes. even a car horn or a, or a set of headlights at 10 o'clock on a otherwise quiet night mm-hmm. might arouse suspicion. Yes. Sled agents were seen collecting evidence near the Sockahatchee River in a swampy area about two miles away from Moselle. And Maggie Murdoch's cell phone was found on a rural road outside of the 1,700-acre hunting lodge the day after the murder. So it's almost like her phone was tossed as someone was driving away from the property or or running away. I'm going to say they were probably driving away. Mm -hmm. This is a big piece of property out in the middle of nowhere. I wonder if anybody's looking for tire tracks. That's one thing I haven't heard, and we've, we've all dealt with tire tracks in other cases that we've talked about. Zodiac comes to mind immediately. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything about that, but maybe that's something that's in those redacted Could pages be. from uh, the South Carolina law enforcement. Could division. be. I know that there was evidence on scene, and I know that they called in uh, officials to bring a tent to cover the evidence because they didn't want it out in the elements. Mm. But that's it. Mm. I don't know what evidence they're talking about. According to WSAV, SLED announced on June the 23rd, 2021, that they were reopening the Stephen Smith case because, quote, information from the Murdoch investigation has led us to reopen the case surrounding 19-year-old Stephen Smith. That's all they will say. That's odd, isn't it? I mean, Mm -hmm. what did they, what could they possibly have found what, five years later? Six years later? One of the They things, would connect back to Stephen Smith's death in the middle of the road in mm-hmm. 2015. So, one of the things that you will hear as a reason for them reopening this case is because they were looking for suspects who would have a motive to kill Maggie and Paul Murdoch. Well, it turns out there are a lot of people. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, I mean. They burned I, a lot of bridges. This family, I'm not saying Maggie personally or herself, but Paul's kind of been, you know, rowdy. He's been is that the right Is that the right word to say? Uh, I mean, we talked about that last week about Paul's actions. Paul ticked off a lot of people with the Mallory Beach incident. Fair enough. And so some people were thinking maybe. Paul might have been the target and Maggie was just collateral because she was there. Mm -hmm. 
but we don't know for sure. We don't know anything. And we don't know a whole lot about Maggie's personal endeavors. That's not really come to light. It's mostly Alec Not yet, but I'll make a prediction. I'll bet it all does. I bet we are doing updates about this thing for years. And probably so. So one of the speculations is they reopened this case because they wanted to be able to rule out Stephen Smith's family as murderers. But they don't clarify. They just say information from the Murdoch investigation has led them to reopen the case. So we don't know for sure. Hopefully one day we'll get some more information mm-hmm. on that. On June 25th, 2021, a public relations firm hired by the Murdoch family released a statement announcing a $100,000 reward to anyone providing tips that led to arrests by law enforcement. The tips had a deadline. They had to be submitted before September the 30th, 2021 to qualify for the $100,000 reward. How common is this? When I read that too, that raised an eyebrow, like why, why the timeline? What's, what, what's, I tried to look into what that date meant, but I couldn't find anything. Why put a timeline on tips for a, for a reward? I mean, I can speculate. It sounds like they wanted to, they got a public relations firm involved that wanted to say, hey guys, you need to be proactive about this. You need to look like you're concerned. You need to do something. But we're only concerned until September 30th? Well, I mean, you don't want to just leave it open-ended for 10 years and all of a sudden years go by and you've forgotten, oh, wait, we had this reward out. And oh, wait, we, we care. It sounds fishy. But again, don't forget that a public relations firm is involved. And That's they're, true. They're, they're there to think of the things that you haven't. So we don't know what that is. Okay, so when that deadline expired... A spokesperson who represented the Murdoch family released the following statement to multiple news stations. Quote, we are disappointed that no one has stepped forward with any leads to solve the murder and claim the $100,000 reward. At this time, the family is evaluating what additional steps can be taken to solve the murders of Maggie and Paul. End quote. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what do you I say that? I, I see. Okay. I, I see the suspicion here. I certainly do, and I thought the same thing that you guys think. But I've I've heard a couple of different podcasts that just seem like they have an axe to grind, and they took that and ran a hundred miles an hour with it. And I don't know that it's not just some innocuous. Hey, listen, here we're the PR firm, and maybe that statement they released, maybe the intention was to up it to two hundred thousand dollars after nine thirty twenty one. I couldn't find any. Just a quick search, didn't. a very quick search, mm-hmm. but I could not find any cases where there was a reward money amount, any amount that had a deadline. An expiration date. Yes, an expiration date. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. so It is fishy. It it does seem odd. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me, but there's a lot of things when it comes to these cases that don't make sense. Maybe in six months or a year from now. We Maybe will, so. Somebody will shine a light on why September the 30th was an important date. If it, if it turns out that it was. Mm. Well, let's talk about this 911 call that we played mm-hmm. at the very, very mm-hmm. beginning of our show. We kind of did a little bit of a different thing there, a little different I like it. I like it when we mix it up. Mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Alec Murdoch sounds devastated to me Distraught. in this call. Yes. He is upset 
finding his wife and child murdered. That is my personal opinion. What are your thoughts? It, absolutely. You can hear the shock. You can hear the sobs. You can. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that doesn't sound uh, canned to me. And, mm-hmm. I, and that, I think that's what we're beating around the bush on here is that there is some suspicion perhaps that. That Alec had something to do with Alec it. Alec had something to do with it. And he, so he would have to act out that part that we heard on that 911 call. And I didn't hear it. I mean, if, if, if he did act that out, then he's terrific. I personally don't think, and this is just my humble personal opinion, do not think that Alec Murdoch shot his wife and son. I don't. I believe that possibly some other behaviors, other things he was mixed up in may have come home to roost, as you say. Right. And and they were... Well, and there's, there's some, I don't want to spoil the surprise, but there's going to be some evidence later in this episode that he might have been there when that happened. And the the nine one one call. I wanted to to play the whole thing, and I wanted people to listen because people have dissected that nine one one call, and some people are convinced that Alec is talking to someone else who's there in between talking to the nine one one operator. Uh, I know what you're talking about. The pauses and the and the he's away from the phone, and then he comes back to the phone, and mm-hmm. it could easily be explained away as he's looking at. Maggie and Paul. Yeah, he's, he's in looking, shock, and he's because he does he's flailing around, around with his arms. He's going, he's, I'm going to go back. I'm, go, you know, yeah. Yeah, he does walk of, around a lot because you can definitely tell when he's near the dogs and when mm-hmm. he's away from the dogs. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. never says at one point in time, and this may just be the complete shock from seeing your loved ones shot dead on the ground. He never talks about being afraid of someone being there. No. Right or being after him, or being an active shooter. I I just honestly don't know what to make of that. Because, again, he's shocked. It sounds like genuine shock to me. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I have a good timeline here of the events that take place in 2021. And I'm going to just kind of go through a few of these. And then at some point in time, I'm going to hand it over to Katie to cover, because we're not finished. Do legal stuff. <laughs> we're not finished oh, gosh, by a no. long shot. Oh, no. In fact, over the weekend, um, Kevin Green, our friend. Our good friend and avid listener. Yes. Was asking me if we were going to get into some other things about... Alec Murdoch that have recently come to light. And I said, Kevin, we don't have time. Mm-mm. So we'll do an update mm-hmm. later this summer. Yeah. Because get this is case this, is, mm-hmm. this case is, it, it, it's moving. It's mm-hmm. changing. It's morphing it every day. Something new almost. So, yes. uh, probably we're recording this on Monday afternoon by Wednesday at 9am when this thing lands, who knows what, might have happened. Something else. Then. More things. Yeah. So July the 7th, 2021, attorneys representing a survivor of the boat crash that killed Mallory Beach filed a petition alleging law enforcement tried to shift the blame from Paul Murdoch to their client, Connor Cook. So remember, we talked about Connor Cook last week. One of the other young men on the boat. So that petition is filed July 7th, 2021. That's still ongoing. Mm. Yes. At this time, July 14th, 2021, during a court hearing, Circuit Judge Bentley Price said he would review 
the redactions made by SLED in publicly released documents pertaining to the case, and if he felt they weren't legal, he would order more information released. July 22nd, 2021, SLED releases the 911 call that you just heard. August the 6th, 2021, People Magazine spotlights the double homicide of Paul and Maggie Murdoch. Now the Murdochs are internationally known yes. at this point. The whole world is involved. Uh, the Daily Mail in England is uh, keeping up with this case on a regular basis, so it's all over. Yes. The Mallory Beach case spotlighted the Murdochs, I believe, for the entire state of South Carolina and possibly other states. But it is the death of Maggie and Paul that sends this into orbit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then everybody starts talking about the timeline. And when they open up the Gloria Satterfield's death and start looking at it again, and they look at Stephen Smith's death again, and then they start looking into all of these strange things that with the law firm with Alec Murdoch and settlements that never got paid to uh in particular the the Satterfield the Satterfield and there was another family that had happened to there have been multiple they're digging other back, families I since believe, then right I believe we said all the way back to 2009 yeah, last the, week the number that I saw yesterday it's up to 8.4 million dollars that they believe that Alec Murdoch might have pilfered from his various clients once he began this crime spree of getting you a settlement for something and then mysteriously you never received your payment, but he did. And then you get banks involved and lawyers and it's, it's, a, it's a mess. So we get to that question of who could have done this, who could have committed this crime, and the list is growing. Growing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that the people that Alec Murdoch swindled are capable of murder by any means. I'm not saying that. And I'm not trying to say that one of them did it. I'm just saying this family made a lot of enemies. Well, and I think that goes back to what you said a minute ago about why they had to open up the Stephen Smith case again, because they needed to eliminate the family members of Stephen Smith as suspects in the Paul and Maggie shootings. But I think anybody who looks back at the Stephen Smith case cannot argue that there are some some fishy things with that. Agreed. There are a lot of rumors and a lot of speculation and they are all rumors and speculation. We cannot tie anything to the Murdoch family, but there was some very fishy behavior going on and Mm -hmm. Corey Fleming being a key player in just about every thing that we're talking about with Gloria Satterfield, Stephen Smith, Connor Cook. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was, and Corey Fleming briefly is as an attorney in that area who is an old buddy of Alec Murdoch's from high, uh, from college. They were college roommates. roommates, I believe, right? So both attorneys, both working in the same area. And it seems like allegedly uh, Corey Fleming had a lot to do with some of those $8.4 million that Alec Murdoch was able to abscond with before mm-hmm. this all came crashing down around him. So also on August the 6th, the South Carolina Attorney General's office officially drops all charges against Paul Murdoch in the death of Mallory Beach because he has passed away. You cannot convict a dead man. Correct. August the 11th, 2021, 14th Circuit Solicitor Duffy Stone sends a letter to South Carolina Attorney General Alan Wilson stating he intends to recuse himself from the investigations into the deaths of Maggie and Paul Murdoch I don't think anybody is arguing with that decision. 
Right. Yeah. He's absolutely. very closely tied to the family. Alec was still up until the, the these deaths, right? He might have been a, a little still bit late volunt- to the party on that recusal. Still, yeah, yeah. A lot of people say that. Mm-hmm. Um, still, but he was still volunteering in the office. Murdoch. Up until he was a he was a volunteer solicitor. Katie, did I get that right? Yes. I mean, he did wasn't he, really. Was he volunteering on the in 2021, and then these deaths happened, and that was it? I'm not sure because he had plenty of his own problems by then that hadn't, you know, with with the with the Mallory Beach thing and the lawsuits mm-hmm. and uh, financial disclosures that he was expected to. I mean, wasn't he supposed to uh, disclose a a ton of financial information about the family three days after this shooting took place? I think on the 10th of June. Am I getting ahead of you? No, not at all. Keep going. Uh, on the 10th of June, there was supposed to be a hearing where Alec Murdoch was supposed to walk into court and present all of his financial documents, the history of everything he'd done for the last three or four years to a court system because of these ongoing legal cases well, involving Mallory Beach. Now, this is, we're in June of 2021 when these shootings take place, right. correct? June he, the 7th. He, um, he was still practicing law until September, or he was still... Barred in the a state member of, of bar yes. of the bar. He resigned from his law firm in September, and then a few days later, his law license was suspended. So, well, so he's just, still able to practice, but he's supposed to. That's very interesting, Scott, that you brought up. He's supposed to present these documents. I think that's got something to do with it. Three days later, did you say that's Paul and Maggie to be are on murdered? June the 10th when he presents the information about his financial history. And they're murdered and on, on the seventh, three days before that, and I can you know pure speculation. What if an argument took place? What if what if Maggie wasn't aware of their financial straits or their potential upcoming finance? All speculation. It just makes the, the rumor mill fly. Uh, certainly. Very fishy. Yeah. It's one of those things where their names always keep getting brought up and there's always some issues and some trouble and we may have been able to pinpoint some things on them Mm -hmm. but there are so many other things that are just plain fishy yeah but you cannot piece it together you there's not the evidence available well i think we are still inside the aquarium looking out and we can't see everything looks obscured to us because you know that wall looks too far away and this wall looks too close and what's this guy doing swimming beside me in a in a treasure chest with his scuba gear on. I mean, I'm losing us. I know. I'm sorry. I'm going to reel it back in. But one day we will get to stick our heads up out of the water and we will all be able to see the facts of this case for what they are. We're just not there yet. We're just, we're still in the middle of this whole thing. Correct. August the 17th, 2021, following a Freedom of Information Act request, WJCL receives photos and videos from the South Carolina Attorney General's office collected as evidence following the boat crash that killed Mallory Beach. And that's where we get these photographs where we see the crack in the boat. We know the boat split in half. We get all of those kinds of things that we talked about last week. They had to press to get those things. If you've watched a documentary about this family, if you've listened to a podcast about this family, if you've Googled anything about this, you've seen those photographs. Mm -hmm. Well, not if you're listening to a podcast, but they probably directed you to where to find the the photographs. But you've been made aware of these photos and videos, and it's because of this on August the 17th. September the 2nd, 
the PMPED law firm, now remember that's the Murdoch law firm, PMPED law firm, begins an investigation into Alec Murdoch after finding a suspicious check on his desk. They say their investigation reveals Murdoch had been taking money from the firm and clients for personal use. So I guess he's just taking money from the firm and clients from the firm and he's so dumb he just leaves a check that incriminates him on all of this right on his desk that just what it it sounds counterintuitive for somebody that's as smart as he had been for a long time because he set up these dummy corporations and and llcs that went nowhere and one that was named almost like something else it was a legitimate uh, legal entity in the state of south carolina just to funnel these funds through so that they could so they could end up with him in his pocket. And yeah, just leave a check laying on his desk. But hey, that's how you get caught sometimes. I don't right? know. It sounds convenient to me that they just happen to find. Okay. That's, the that's what I was getting evidence. That's like, that's like some in-house bullshit. Mm-hmm. I got it. it. It did sound very convenient. Right. On September the 3rd, one day later, 2021, Murdoch is confronted about accusations of taking money from PMPED. He's asked to resign and he does that afternoon. September the 4th, Alec Murdoch is shot in the head while changing a tire in Hampton County. Katie, take it from here. <laughs> wow. Alec is shot. He is supposedly changing his tire on the side of the road. And he is in his nice Mercedes, a vehicle that like he had. Had, would have a run flat tire, and these did have run flat tires. But his vehicle has a flat tire, and he is getting out to change it. And according to him at this time, somebody just drives by and offers to help him, but then shoots him and drives off. So he calls 911, tells them he's been shot, and then... At the same time he's calling 911, there is another 911 call happening where a group in a vehicle have seen him and they saw him on the side of the road needing help, but they don't stop. They call in 911 and say, hey, we see a man, he's got blood on him, he's on the side of the road, looks like his car's broke down, but it looked staged. So just some passersby say mm-hmm. this. Yes. They... They said it, you know, it looked suspicious. It looked staged. And you can listen to this 911 call too. I'll take, I'll put a link to it in the show notes as well if you're interested. But the 911 operator literally says back, well, I don't blame you. (laughs) As if she's heard the last name before. Well, no, no. They they didn't know who it was. Okay. At the time, they did not know that it was Alec Murdoch. They just said there's a suspicious man with blood on him on the side of the road. It looks like a stage setup. Okay. And she says, we didn't stop, but he's here. And they're like, the 911 operator tells them that she does not blame them for not stopping. Okay. Okay. Now, Alec has made his own 911 call. And like I said, you can hear almost in these calls that there are two calls happening simultaneously. You can kind of hear in the dispatch recording that there's two people having basically the same conversation. You can hear, where are you? Oh, you're so-and-so. You're on, you know, this road. And so, as he's on the 911 call, he, another passerby stops, and they offer to drive him, because the 
ambulance hasn't arrived yet. It's been sent out, but they don't know how long it's going to be. And he says, well, so-and-so is going to drive me to the hospital. These random people who have showed up, they're going to drive me. He, he, you can hear him on the call with these people. Apparently, he's going to have to ride in the very back. They have like a baby in the vehicle. It's a very strange situation. At one point, he asks if one of them could get out and drive. I'm assuming it's his vehicle, but we know his vehicle has a flat tire. Or does it? (laughs) Right? And, yeah. And he was changing it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, maybe he had it changed by the time they got there. Mm -hmm. He gets back on the phone and because he loses them for a minute, he gets back on the phone. He tells them, you know, they are taking him to the hospital. Eventually, he's still on the phone with the 911 operator and they end up meeting up with an ambulance. So they don't make it to the hospital with him. He meets up with an ambulance. And he is eventually airlifted out to a hospital. And that's really all we know about his medical condition because a few days later when he shows up in court, he just kind of has like a bandage. He doesn't look like a man who has been shot in the head. Report. Yeah, and that was the thing. If, if you didn't hear that, he was shot ostensibly. He was shot in the head by this... The- Random stranger. Yes. Reports say that the doctor who treated him said he was treated for superficial wounds. Okay. Which means scrape, powder, minor, mm -hmm, very minor. Right. So on September the 6th, he releases a statement. Now remember, this happened on September the 4th. September the 6th, he releases a statement that says, in part, he is resigning from his law firm and entering rehab. Later that day, the PMPED law firm says Murdoch was stealing money from them and they release a statement, quote, this is disappointing news for all of us. Rest assured that our firm will deal with this in a straightforward manner. There's no place in our firm for such behavior, end quote. Yes, because he was arrested uh, previously because he admitted to trying to stage his own murder stating that this, he had hired a man named Curtis Edward Smith to shoot him in order for his son Buster to collect a $10 million life insurance policy because he had mistakenly thought, so he says, that his policy wouldn't cover suicide, which it would have. Um, So that is why, if that question comes up a lot, why didn't he just shoot himself? He thought that it wouldn't cover if he had shot himself. So he hires Curtis to do it, according to Alec. And he maintains that he had no involvement in the murder of his family. He stated that the the stated charges where he was charged with insurance fraud, conspiracy to commit insurance fraud, filing a false police report, all felonies in connection with the suicide scheme, uh, which his lawyer said was meant to ensure that his son could collect that $10 million life insurance policy. The judge released him without requiring that he forfeit any money. Uh, did order him to surrender his passport and sign a waiver of extradition because he was going to be staying at a rehabilitation center in another state where he was seeking treatment for the addiction Kelly mentioned. Now, Curtis Edward Smith is 61 years old and is, as I understand it, and listening to some reports and some podcasts, that he is somehow a distant cousin to Alec Murdoch. 
somehow the family okay have you seen that in a report yeah, I've seen I, it he has a, a connection to them somehow and so that's led the internet and the and the um he was a previous client as well, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's, and maybe both. Maybe a family member and a previous client. The reason I'm saying this part. is the, the internet kind of exploded with Cousin Eddie. Yes. Right. Memes and, and okay. talking about, okay. you know, because his, his name is Curtis Edward Smith. And so they were calling him Cousin oh, Eddie. Oh, that's an easy one. It was, I think Sadly. it was too easy for, for people to let that pass up. But I'm not sure. I've just heard a few reports on that. Not every report is talking about that they are, in fact, related or that he was a client or anything like that. On September, this on September the 14th, this what Katie was talking about, where Curtis Edward Smith is arrested in connection mm-hmm. with this assisted suicide shooting. And that's when... Alec admitted why he was doing that. Remember, he has Buster, the older son, still alive, and he wanted him to collect the $10 million life insurance policy. Attorneys representing Alec Murdoch issue a statement that Murdoch has battled opioid addiction for 20 years, and Curtis Edward Smith was one of his drug dealers. That's it. That was the connection Well, that I recall. I was going to say, that's what his attorneys are now saying. Those are his attorneys saying Yeah, plus that that 20-year opioid addiction. And I read somewhere, guys, uh, and you know where, uh, Katie, it was? It was on that book that's on your desk right there, that Melvin Belli book. One of the things that you do when you're uh, a reputable person and you get caught in something nefarious is you, you scream drug addiction because it keeps you out of jail. It sends you to rehab if you can convince a judge or a jury or whomever that that was the reason for your, uh, for you taking the road less traveled by. But I remember reading that in that book, that that's something that is pretty standard. So after Curtis Smith is arrested and charged with assisted suicide, assault and battery of a high aggravated nature, pointing and presenting a firearm, insurance fraud, conspiracy to commit insurance fraud, all of this according to SLED, he is, you know, he's claiming this did not happen the way Alex says it happens. He says that they got into an argument. They were fighting over the weapon and it went off, but he did not shoot anybody and he did not go along with this insurance scheme or this, you know, uh, murder for hire scheme because, and the big thing is like, no one ever speaks about that he was going to collect any money from this either. It wasn't like, you know, Curtis is going to get, a million of the 10 million. Why would he, why would he do this? It didn't make any sense to me, but he does bond out for what is it? Kelly, $5,000. And, Mm -hmm. uh, he has a personal surety bond. I just, I just also want to know, I guess it would have to be a high payment. I mean, just logistics. If he is, if, if Alec Murdoch is one of his clients, if Curtis is the dealer Mm -hmm. and Alec is one of his clients, why would you want to get rid of a customer? Yeah. I mean, it would have to be a it doesn't big, add up. Um, I, I'm sorry, but I think mm-hmm. I believe Cousin Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that wrong? I mean, I, I feel like his story makes the most sense. Yeah, I, I think. It, really, sh- neither story makes any sense. Yeah. But if I had to pick one, I guess I'd pick. Well, Cousin Eddie's story is not crazy. No. You know. It's not. Alec wanted him to do something. He didn't want to do it. They got into an argument about it, and he took off. I mean, that sounds very believable. Shitter's full on that one. (laughs) (laughs) September 16th, 2021, uh, 
Alec has turned himself in. And if we fast forward to Janu- as of January 31st, he is now facing 71 criminal charges from South Carolina state grand jury indictments. First of those indictments happened in November. We had another one in December and another one in January. Those are following three initial charges from local indictments by Hampton County Grand Jury, which is where he, which is what spawned him turning himself in to begin with. If the maximum prison sentences for all of his criminal charges are added consecutively, it could equal more than seven centuries in prison. For Alec Murdoch. That's yes. a long time. Yeah. This would be a grand total of 74 counts for a maximum potential term of 731 years. So would parole be an option ever? If he was charged with- 350 years. I was about to say, if if all of these were charged consecutively, no, it doesn't. Because, you know, if he got parole on one, he would just, you know, it'd be the next charge. Um, He's also facing seven civil suits. Three of them are related to the boat crash uh, that's, you know, took the life of Mallory Beach. And- then several others are just the injured other passengers and others involve financial claims from yeah, and, and his there, other. There's fraud from mm-hmm. other clients that he's taking money from. That's what I mean. Those are the yeah. other suits are just they involve the financial claims from the fraud where he stole from right. his mm-hmm. clients. And that- Connor Cook has the civil suit against them. Yes, the he's Alec mm-hmm. Buster, um, as well as Gregory and Parker Inc. and Parker's employee for their roles in the crash. So Gregory M. Parker, Inc., they're the gas station that sold yes. him the alcohol. Okay. So he's okay. suing- And they're a large chain. Like they're, uh, they yes. have a lot of money. He's yeah. suing Alec Murdoch and son Buster. Why Buster? Well, he had Buster's ID. Paul had Buster's, for, for older Buster, brother Buster's ID yes. when he bought that beer. Yes, for Buster giving him the ID and then for the Parker employee selling- the alcohol. And I want to go back and talk about Paul and Maggie's Paul and Maggie's case a little bit because Scott you mentioned something earlier about you know what about Maggie did she know about their financial situation? Right. From I looked into that a little bit and it spoke of that they don't think she always knew of their financial situations that she didn't really look into the family money much but she started to when things started to go haywire in recent years, she started to, to look into some things, and I think she uncovered some things of her own. Because, this is speculation on my part and from a source that spoke to People magazine, but six weeks before they were murdered, Maggie met with a divorce attorney in Charleston, South Carolina. And, you know, we don't know what happened during that consultation. It was just a consultation. She didn't hire anybody. There had been no paperwork filed or anything. But the source told people that uh, she'd begun to look into the family's finances to determine the state of their marital assets. And even some of Alex's co-workers had noticed like a cooling off in their relationship. Apparently, she used to come by the office a lot. They used to have lunch frequently, and those things had completely stopped. I think she was spending a lot of time at Moselle, you know, mm-hmm. away from their main home, which, is her, which Moselle was hers. Technically, he had signed that property over to her for $5 years ago, which is something married people do to hide assets. I was about to say, yeah, that's a a standard thing to hide Mm -hmm. uh, properties and wealth. Oh, is it? 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not married. You two are. <laughs> hey, well, I don't have anything Moving to hide along. around. No, nothing to hide here. Moving along. <laughs> but Alec is considered a person of interest in Paul and Maggie's case. There's been, you know, no evidence that's been put out publicly to link him to it. He states he has an ironclad alibi mm. that he was visiting his ailing mother during the times that the murders would have taken place. So Randolph the Third was currently stricken with terminally ill cancer. Yes. And he is in the hospital. And so Alec is checking on his mother because she's alone. Mm-hmm. Right. And she had some caretakers, I think, were part of his alibi. That's his alibi. He was sitting mm-hmm. on a, on the edge of the bed watching a game show with his mother mm-hmm. who suffers from dementia. Mm-hmm. Yes. But there was a there was a caretaker there mm-hmm. to help provide an alibi. Mm-hmm. And later, three days later after the shootings on June the 10th, Randolph III passes away from his terminally ill cancer. The same day that all of those financial documents were due mm-hmm. at the courthouse. Mm-hmm. So... You were talking about marital issues, Katie, yes. with Paul and Maggie. People Magazine did an article about this, and they brought forth these uh, claims that there were problems in the marriage, a lot of the things that you had talked about. And a Murdoch family representative released a statement saying, quote, the most recent allegations by People Magazine regarding the state of Maggie and Alec Murdoch's marriage are totally inconsistent with what we have been told by friends and family members. Also, we have reviewed many years of text messages on Alec's phone and the conversations between Alec and Maggie portray a very loving relationship. It is our hope that the media will continue to focus on covering the investigation of the person or people responsible for the murder of Maggie and Paul and not reporting salacious stories with no credible sources connected to the Murdoch family, end quote. So they responded on September 30th, 2021 to those allegations. Mm -hmm. But you can't argue with the fact of if she went and talked with a divorce attorney, if she met with a divorce attorney, Mm -hmm. you know, that's. Uh, You guys know how much money she had in her checking account the night she died? How much? $57. Wow. That's what I heard yesterday on, that's what Mandy Matney said yesterday uh, that I heard on a From the, previous episode of the Murdoch Murders uh, podcast. 57 bucks in her checking account. And what does that tell us? That somebody's bad with money in the Murdoch family. Mm. I think. Well. I don't, it's too early to know. I mean, I don't want to jump in and start speculating like all of these other places do. We don't do that here. We just, we throw you the facts and you determine what sticks to the wall and what does not. But according to that source, 57 bucks in her Did she have account. her own checking account? Apparently. Maybe there was a joint account and then she had her own. Mm-hmm. But hmm. I wrote that number down as soon mm-hmm. as I heard it. There's also another thing that comes up a lot is the state of her will. Because she'd had a will done years prior and her sister was on there as the executor of her estate and her sister's name was just crossed out in like handwriting on the will and over it was Randolph Murdoch the third Alex's dad was put in place as her executor over her sister in, in her will handwriting? in handwriting and and this terminally ill older man and maybe not at the time that 
will was changed, but you, I mean, just, it's just another weird, crazy thing. Is that changing a will officially crossing things out and writing over it? Is that, uh, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. Would that hold up anywhere? I have absolutely no idea, but he, you know, of course passed three days after. So it never even got to that, but her sister is still not the executor. The executor of the estate is now John Marvin Murdaugh, which is Alex's brother. Okay. And he's the executor of, of Maggie's will. Yes. Why would her sister not be? Why? Why is Alex? That's what Kia. Yeah, brother. That's, that's the question. Just one more weird quirk, one more curveball in this mm-hmm. game filled with mm-hmm. unhittable curveballs. If you're trying to figure out what's going on, well, it's just like I know that there's a dead rat somewhere. Right, we can smells, all smell it. But where is it? Yeah. I can't. I can't. I can only just tell you. And is it one or is it a dozen? Good gracious! But also, why was it never Alec? Well, maybe that's too obvious mm. if we're going to be speculative. But that and, also is consistent with they may have been having marital troubles. Exactly, because like, usually the spouse mm-hmm. is the first, and then you then you go from then there. Then you go from there. Yeah. If both of us die at the same time, then who, mm-hmm. who's, right. you know, that, that kind of thing. And then, norm, I mean, so usually you'd go to a kid, your son. I mean, I, I guess I, if, if with a family of lawyers, maybe. But even if her sister was... It wouldn't make any sense why this document would have to be hand wrote on. He was an attorney. I'm sure this document was drawn up in his office. You, there was a notary right there. All I had to do was print off a new copy and notarize it, and it's All done. wills we do have two witnesses and a notary. Right. Hmm. Three people. Not just crossing out things. And no. Yeah. We don't, yeah, you don't just. And once one once a will has been, you know, edited you you have a new one like that old one's gone so yeah just, i would think no you sense. would use that as a draft for what you're yes. going to type of and make official yes because yes. you've got to you've got to register it at the probate judge's office right no. well i don't know about south carolina in the okay. state, state of alabama you don't you know. do not okay okay just on file at your attorney's office is no you just you keep a i want to i want to say this just because we get this a lot sure um you keep the original okay your attorney, I mean, you might you might convince your attorney to keep the original, but that's not, I wouldn't, I mean, what happens if their office burns down or something? Sure. You know, you want to be in charge of where your important documents are. Yeah. And it has to be the original. Your people need to keep the original, but the state of Alabama no longer records wills. Okay. Until okay. you go to probate it after. After someone has passed away. Yes. So you keep that original at your house in your or at your safe deposit box. And at if your local you bank. have your safe deposit box, this is just another PSA. Make sure someone has a key to it, mm-hmm. because if not, then you have to get like a court order to get that thing opened. Yeah, and pay one hundred fifty bucks to have the lock drilled out. Yeah, it's the whole there, thing. Done. Been there, done that. On March sixteenth, twenty twenty two, longtime friend and associate Corey Fleming is indicted on eighteen charges involving the theft of more than three million dollars in insurance money from Gloria Satterfield's family. Rightfully so. Mm-hmm. On March 17th, 2022, Fleming's bond is set at $100,000. He remains in custody in Richland County. On May the 4th, 2022, earlier this month, the South Carolina State Grand Jury indicts Alec Murdoch, former bank CEO Russell Lafitte, and Corey Fleming on a total of 30 criminal charges. Yes, because the... And you, we could have a whole episode on Russell Lafitte, but he, it turns out, it, well, allegedly, is one of the main players in helping Alec be able to swindle all that money 
all this time from all these clients. You can't make this con work without the bank was involved. He, the, he was the guy yes. at Palmetto State Bank? He was He's the, not the, the yeah. former CEO. Okay. He wasn't the personal representative in the Gloria Satterfield case. He was mm-hmm. higher than that, and he was prior to that. He'd been helping him for years. He was head dude at the bank. There's got yes. the bank... This would we talked about this when we were talking about Gloria Satterfield's case. Yeah. If if someone from the bank is not on board, none it, of this no, is going to happen. Right. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Because we thought the insurance company might stop it, and that didn't happen. Right. When yeah. you're cashing checks that you shouldn't be cashing, and the bank's letting it slide, the bank's involved. Mm-hmm. Got to be. When, so I mean, that's when you're why. signing checks, you're not on. Uh, you're not on accounts for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have the CEO, Russell Lafitte, involved in all of this. So 30 criminal charges, they've been indicted by the South Carolina State Grand Jury as of May the 4th, 2022. Ladies and gentlemen, that is all we have for the Murdoch family in the month of May. But let me tell you this. We're not finished. Uh-uh. <laughs> not even no. close. So in a couple of months... We're going to let what's currently going on play out, and we will update you. There are jellyfish involved. Uh-huh. There's more drugs involved. Yeah, there are Some- islands out in the middle of the low country that all draw a connection to one particular family. Some no, homes no out strategically yes. placed around the shoreline. Mm-hmm. Slime balls. That's what the fish is called. Oh, because that's what something else is called in this case as well, as far as I'm concerned. But okay, that's what the fish are slime balls. And so we're going to get to all of that, but Uh, we'll see you back with the Murdochs in a couple of months. But right now, certainly, Murdoch May is officially coming to a close. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for sticking it out because it's been great so far. And this is one of the first times we've done a... This is maybe the second time we've done a four-part episode, or is it the first one? Uh, this is our four-part, yeah. First yeah, one. we've done a couple of threes. This is the first four, and you never know how this is going to go. But it's like you guys said before we went on the air tonight: we could do this all summer long. We could. It's just, it's it's this this uh, is constantly morphing into new information. Something new happens almost all of the time, and so we'll be back. We'll be back and giving you more information on this family. We'll be back next week with something else, but sooner or later, we're going to talk to you about Murdoch's again. We sure are. Thank you so much for listening. Visit our website. Scott, what's our website address? The website is www.truecrimeoneasystreet.com. Please go there and use the link at the top to get to your favorite uh, platform to listen to us. You can find out some cool things about us. You can order some merch, and some means T-shirts. And follow us on Facebook uh-huh. and Instagram and, and Twitter. Twitter. Please do that. And give us that five-star review. That really helps. It does. You give us the five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Yes. You can give us that wonderful review. You can you can do the five stars, but if you put a comment, then we know that you've given And we can give you a shout-out. And we'll give you a shout-out. Correct. And we've got some t-shirts. You might get one. Who knows? Who knows? We don't we, know. We may be that crazy this summer. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, is that it? Are we done? I'm done. Katie, yep. anything? If y'all are done, I've got to be. All right, good night, everybody. <laughs>